1: What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to episode 64 of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, as always, the Mr. Mike Agustinho, And I wish I were coming to you on better terms this week. Bruno Lige is no longer the manager of Sport Lisboa Benfica. And... It was overdue, in my opinion, and it it pains me to say that, all right, and I've listened this week to to all of the other podcasts, all of the other, you know, tel- I've watched the television shows, I've listened to the radio shows, I've read the blogs, I've read the newspapers, and I wish I were telling you that in this episode today, I'm going to tell you something you haven't heard yet. But the truth is, we all see it. We all kind of are seeing and saying the same things. No matter, uh, no matter where you're getting the information, whether it's from you know Benfica FM or Benfica After Ninety. A, a shout out to to Mario, to Alex, and to Luis, who uh, had an awesome episode the other night that I caught. Um, all saying such good things. I mean, everybody's angry. There's a lot of emotion right now. They all said some really, really good things and I think we all are kind of seeing the same thing we all knew Bruno Lige had to go deep down even me and you know Baquero on Benfica FM even said he used to write poems to this man but he realized that it was it was a it was a he called it un de verão a summer relationship that was passionate that was fantastic that was the time of your life but it was fast it was hot, and it was over. And, um, yeah, I mean, summarizes it pretty much right on on the head. I mean, uh, like so many others, you know, that do this, I am absolutely a, a hopeless romantic when it comes to football. I, I I In my perfect utopian football world, all managers are are icons of their teams. You know, I only want to see, in a perfect world, I want to see Benfica only managed by Benfica people. Preferably past players because we already have that connection, right? I even want to see my rivals managed and run by their guys. I want to see, for example, Vitor Bahia in charge of Porto because I associate Vitor Bahia with Porto. I want... Rui Costa to have a bigger role in Benfica because I believe for whatever reason I have no reason to believe this by the way other than the fact that he was a phenomenal footballer and my footballing idol as a kid I have no other reason to believe that he's good or can be very good at running this team I even want to see Sporting have a role for Luis Figu because again I'm a hopeless romantic when it comes to football and Bruno Laish. Brunelage, I'm telling you, he 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 hits every single mark with hopeless romantics. He was everything that we wanted in a manager for our club. He epitomized Benfiquismo. But eh, if you want to know what real, you know, what I think really was the downfall, among other things, um. I suggest go over to www.sirbenfica.com. I wrote an article this week about culture being Benfica's problem and not or I wrote that Benfica's problem is a cultural one and not a technical tactical one. No matter how good the tactics and the technical ability of the players when a locker room is rotten, when a culture is toxic which it's beginning to become evident, Benfica falls under that category. the The performance on the pitch is not gonna is not gonna inspire, and Benfica, if there's one thing they are, it's uninspired. So I'm sad to see Bruno Lage go. In a sense, I'm sad that it got drawn out this long as well. Um, he's gonna make out fine. In the news, you will hear, um, you will hear some of the details. Let's hear. The flash interview right now of Bruno Lage at the end of that match on Monday. Here's Bruno Lage talking to Sport TV right after the match. We
2: had a very, very good game. Um, we created several opportunities to the goal in the face of the guardra novamente We could have reached the interval to win by 2 and for 3. We didn't score these goals. We entered the second part well, tried to control. We went, the time is going Vai, vai terminando, nós vamos mexendo para, para tentar marcar o gol, porque nós tínhamos que, que vencer. Depois, em dois grandes contra-ataques do no Marítimo, uh, fazem dois gols. Não me recordo de grandes oportunidades do no Marítimo, me recordo sim dessas duas situações, em que apanhamos um pouco desequilibrados e, e como estão, sofremos estes dois gols. Não conseguimos marcar, ficamos. Somos muito penalizados pela forma como não marcámos as oportunidades que criámos na primeira parte. Sendo que este, com este debate o título faz definitivamente suporte conseguir vencer. Pois nós temos é que nos preocupar é connosco. Há pouco o Pizzi dizia aqui que os jogadores estão com o treinador, que Bruno um Lages não perdeu a qualidade. A verdade é que, olhando para os últimos 10 jogos, desde essa derrota do Dragão, são duas vitórias, quatro empates e quatro derrotas. Para quem está de fora, é difícil perceber o que é que se passa. Olha, é como, 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 como lhe digo, assumir a, a total responsabilidade daquilo que não tem sido feito. Os jogadores dizem que estão consigo. Sendo que a direção também está e que vai continuar até o fim, os jogadores tal estão, como disse ontem. Os jogadores estão comigo e estamos todos no mesmo barco, como lhe digo. Uh, tenho sentido o apoio de toda a gente desde, desde a primeira hora até, até sempre, porque é isso é isso que eu sinto. Eu sinto o apoio de toda a gente e toda a gente quer que eu, que eu, que eu, que eu tenha acesso no clube. E o clube da direção também. Todos, de muito presidente, toda a estrutura, toda a gente.
1: So the manager begins his flash interview there with a typical I guess now expected analysis of what happened in the match and it was It was very, very Lige-esque, at least the 2020 version of Bruno Lige, uh, very much how his his, uh, interviews and flashes and press conferences have sounded. Uh, You know, the team started well. They did A, B, C, and D correctly, but when we didn't score, we had to push. He explains that he had to risk um, adding players to get a goal because they couldn't afford anything less. And when that happens, sometimes you run the risk of Surrendering under Bruno Lage in in big matches, just about every time he rakes that risk, Benfica surrender. We can go all the way back to January of two thousand nineteen, the Portuguese League Cup semi final. His first loss when we lost to Porto, down two to one. It was one of the worst refereeing robberies ever. But that aside, down two to one. Um, if you remember, Brunelage subs off outside backs to bring on forwards, leaving I think it was Salviu to do one side, and I think it was on the right side that he made the change. And within minutes on a counterattack, Porto made it 3-1. Every time he makes those those substitutions, or it seems like every time, The other team finds a way to counter, and we'll talk about it in this episode, in this match. It took Maritimu exactly one minute once the outside mids, Pizzi, and Cervi were substituted for Maritimu to get on the board and go ahead. Now, going uh, through the rest of that interview um the the reporter starts to starts to poke away and Bruno Lage says you know we have to do our job we can't be worried about our rival we have to do we had to win this game we didn't win it was well, almost the same thing he said against Santa Clara but the reporter continues to poke and he says you know PZ came here. He's claiming PZ was in a flash, saying that the players believe in the manager. Lige reiterates that the players are with him, that we're all in the same boat, and we're all, you know, in this together to work our way out of it. And the reporter continues, is the, is the president and the the board with you? And he says, everybody was with me, from the president to the board, that everybody is in this boat together. And then he goes on to ask, and I didn't really pick up the exact word he used at first, but something along the lines of, then why are Benfica looking for other managers? Or what do you have to say about Benfica's you know, pursuit of a new manager this week? And Bruno Laje at that point gets pissed off and walks off the flash interview. And we do not see Bruno Laje in the postgame presser for the first time ever. Um, I believe that's a requirement of the head coaches or the manager's position and Bayfica will likely be fined for that. But Luis Felipe Vieta sat in his place in the press postgame presser as um perhaps that was the final the final straw that pushed Lige over the edge and compelled him to hand in his resignation. But again, I have to I have to say, and I'll talk about this more later in the episode. Here at the end of the match he says the team is with him. Okay? This man is so loyal to the very people who are throwing him under the bus that he will not publicly disgrace any of his players. He stands up for every single one of his players. This team let their manager down. I'm not saying that the manager didn't have to go. He does. Especially if the team you know, is no longer playing for the manager, which is clearly apparent. But I'm really put off by the behavior and by the attitude of Benfica's players in these final matches. And it says something to me, at least, about their level of professionalism as a group. I don't believe they're one group. I believe there's many groups inside that locker room. And I believe they're... You know, it's almost like a tribal culture. And um, these are just instincts I get from what I can see from the outside, obviously. I'm not on the inside. I would love to be on the inside. And I agree with what's been said by quite a few people that I think years from now, we are going to talk about this Benfica 2019-2020 that blew a seven-point lead that ended up Giving a whole new breath of life to our biggest rival, a rival we had a chance to bury in the ground. We've given them a a new life, a new lease on life. They're going to win the title. They're going to make the the money for automatically getting into the Champions League. They're going to sell a player or two, and they're going to be cleared of of you know financial fair play, any wrongdoing. In my opinion, they're going to pay what they owe. Um, I know it's more complicated than that, but I think Porto's going to come out of this looking fine. And instead of us celebrating what should be our seventh consecutive title, we're watching our rivals take two out of three from us. When they were under investigation for financial fair play violations, they were, you know, having to let players go for free because they don't have any money. They had to take out loans to to subsidize their players during the, the, the COVID-19 pause. Benfica spoiled their players' rotten. And the thanks that the club gets is performances like this. It's hard to... And I don't want to say that the manager didn't make bad decisions. He made bad decisions. But nobody can manage a team when the players don't want to play. And maybe they're not intentionally, you know, maybe they're not intentionally tanking, so to speak, trying to bury their manager. But from their performances and their lack of effort, their poor attitude, they have absolutely hold much of the responsibility. And in the news, you'll hear a bit from Luis Felipe Vieira talking about how he's the one to blame. And that really triggers me. And I'll tell you why. About 10 years ago, I, and this was not in football. This was in my, my personal job, my, my employment, okay? My bread and butter. Management team I was a part of. We came in one day, and we had a meeting without one of the members. The boss told us that the member that was missing was to be let go that day. So he told us first. Where I had a problem was what happened next. The words of this corporate elite to say, it's not, you know, we're letting him go, but this is, this is, we failed him. He did not fail. And if he did not fail, why is he the one getting fired? And if the blame is Luis Felipe Vietas, if he's going to take a microphone and put the blame on himself, And say that the manager is not to blame. Why is the manager the one that goes? I know he handed in his resignation and it was accepted. But how, how can a person of leadership in a position like president of this club take that microphone at that podium and say that he is the one to blame? Keep his job and in the next sentence, oh, by the way, our manager has resigned resigned. He stepped down. (sighs) It's going to be a long episode, everybody. I hope you're (laughs) up for it. Um, We'll try to get through it as painlessly as possible. Of course, I want to ask everyone to go ahead and check out MrBainfica.com. I've got some new content up there. Also, we're not going to talk so much in this episode about what's happening next to Bruno Lige because I've got a Bruno Lige episode in the works. There will be a complete Review and evaluation of the Brunelage tenure as manager of Benfica. If you don't want to hear that, that's cool. Don't listen to that episode. It's all good. But I think, um, to be fair and to be responsible, I will break down the last year and a half that has been Benfica under Brunelage, and I'll give my opinion. And in that episode, I will spend some time talking about what I think is next for Brunelage. What's next for Benfica? Well, we don't know yet. There's tons of rumors. I have a hard time biting on any of them. Some of them seem more fairy tale than anything else. All right. We'll talk about it a little bit in the news. Um, obviously, you all know that JJ is at the heart of a lot of uh wishes. A lot of Benficistas want Jorge Jesus to return to the club, to leave Flamengo, a place he just signed a, a, a contract renewal to weeks ago. And um, that was ruled out pretty quickly. JJ put it down, uh, saying that it was not going to happen. And then people got carried away talking about Mauricio Pochettino, one of the best managers in the world, maybe one of the top five managers on planet Earth right now. Uh, he was unfortunate to be to be sacked. And I think that Mauricio Pochettino is sitting pretty waiting for a major job to open up. I don't think he's going to jump back back in and manage Benfica I think he's already he's already uh declined um, declined the offer publicly uh also unai Emery who last managed Arsenal a lot of benficistas have a place for him in their hearts maybe because he beat us in one of those Europa League finals he did some great work at Sevilla but then he went and you know he won a French league and got to the round of 16 with PSG. PSG could probably win the French League and get to the round of 16 in the Champions League without a manager. So that doesn't prove anything. And he had a very hard time of it at at the Emirates in North London uh, guiding Arsenal. And I know a lot of people like his style, like his football. And um, we'll see. I, I just don't see managers of that category, of that level coming to Benfica at this point in time especially. But We'll get into that in this episode, so sit tight, all right? We're going to pay a bill, and then we're going to go through the news. There's a lot of news tonight, and then on the back end of that, we will hear Reconquista and then get in to this match. Maritimo 2, Benfica nil. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu and you can follow me on Twitter at Benfica Mr., or on Instagram at Mr. Benfica, at Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica, or by you can also actually email questions or comments to me at themisterbenfica at gmail.com. Themisterbenfica, no spaces, at gmail.com. We'll be right back. <laughs>
2: Luís Felipe Vieira anunciou há minutos que Bruno Lasco colocou o lugar à disposição depois da derrota com o Marítimo. O presidente do Benfica foi até à sala de imprensa e deixou uma mensagem a todos os Benfiquistas. Boa noite a todos.
0: Como devem imaginar, a família Benfiquista neste momento está demasiado frustrada mas dizer-lhes que tudo fizemos e tudo vemos para, na realidade, sermos felizes este ano. Não fomos, uh, e dizer uh, com algo que, que, que tem que ser dito mesmo, não vale a pena, nós estamos a esconder. O único culpado sou eu, que sou Presidente do Benfica. Mas, D. Benfica, estas duas coisas importantes. Dizer-lhes que só foi possível chegarmos aqui porque tivemos estabilidade, Dizer-lhes que para conquistarmos um, um bi tivemos 31 anos, para conquistarmos um TRI tivemos 39 anos e para conquistar um TETRA que nunca conquistamos. Foi agora que fizemos. e só se faz com muito amor, com muita paixão, com muito profissionalismo, com muita determinação e, e dando tudo de nós próprios em prol dos do Suporte boa Benfica. Isto é uma pequena declaração querida para os benficistas porque... Era importante dizer-lhes mais uma coisa. Quem acabou na altura, em 2000, em 2000, com o Benfica, não foi nenhuma pandemia, foram os benfiquistas. Se há aqueles que hoje estão a festejar a derrota do Benfica, se há aqueles que pensam que as pessoas se vergam após uma derrota, quero dizer, ao longo deste período da minha vida, enquanto eu não tenho estado no Benfica e na minha vida profissional, nunca verguei nada. Espero, de certeza absoluta, também, quando chegar a Lisboa, tomar uma decisão também, que será, penso eu, não vergar. Mas até lá, muita coisa vai-se passar, tenho que falar com a minha família. Mas desejo, mais uma vez, que é muito importante para dizer o resto que me volto a dizer, acreditem que é com profundo mesmo sentimento benfiquista que digo. Não deixem voltar um pouco do passado, porque fomos nós todos que demos cabo do Benfica e fazer o que fizemos ao longo destes 20 anos é muito difícil, tanto em termos estruturas, como em termos esportivos, como em termos financeiros por isso, tudo tem dito aos benfiquistas, como nos abafo e a dizer-lhes dois de cara bem clara, sou o único culpado não há aqui mais culpados, sou eu entretanto, dizer-lhes também que o nosso treinador, Bruno Lais quando acabou o jogo, dirigiu-se a mim com uma grande elevação e me disse Presidente, tenho um lugar à sua disposição porque entendo que neste momento as coisas não são boas para o Benfica. Não quero dizer que eu não tenha qualidade e não tenha capacidade para dar a volta como dei. Mas neste momento não há condições para fazer, porque toda a gente parece que querem que eu me vá embora. Por isso, tenho aqui e se aceitar, a partir de amanhã não serei treinador do Benfica. Por isso, meus amigos, boa noite a todos e aos dizer-vos mais uma vez, atenção, uma derrota...
1: That is the voice of President Luis Felipe Vieira Following the Maritimo match On Monday He took the place of Bruno Lige In the post game press conference And made that announcement It's about a three minute uh, speech So I'm not going to translate it word for word But I'll paraphrase for everybody Basically he came out and he Said all kinds of things He said you know um he he rattled off a list of accomplishments he's done since he's been president it, kind of indirectly he he made a little campaign speech for himself followed that up by saying that the only person to blame for the current situation is him because he is the president and the responsibility falls on him um so <laughs> he made like a little bit of a positive negative uh <laughs> theme going there and then he went on to say oh by the way it literally came out oh by the way our manager Bruno Laj has told me that he has put his position up for vacancy essentially so he starts off by rattling his <laughs> his accomplishments off and listen the man has plenty of accomplishments as president of this club i don't deny that i don't think any benefikisha denies that and I don't want this, especially in the news segment, to turn into uh, a political political type of conversation. But um, because our club is a democracy, there is politics involved in our club. And this is the elected leader that we have chosen over the past 17 years. And, well, I don't think in any democracy anybody should be not to get political again, but in any democracy, I don't think anybody should be in power for 17 years. Not as president of a football club and not as a senator or a member of parliament. 17 years is not how government should be run. There should not be career politicians in football or in life. People, sh- Luis Felipe should have returned to his real business a long time ago. Okay. Um, listen he, he the new him and Manel Villaring get a lot of credit because that new stadium was their baby they created it they pulled Benfica out of the doldrums they pulled Benfica out of the dark ages out of Vietnam into what we've come to know in the past he says the past 20 years really it's the past 10 that have been that have been the 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 the, the memorable part of his presidency I don't think anybody's you know, Although a lot of important off-the-pitch things happened in the first 10 years. On the pitch, we had one title and one tasa to look at. Okay, we beat Porto in, in a cup final and we won the league the following year. And that is it. But, um, yeah, he's tooting his own horn, trying to save his presidency right now. Reminding everyone of everything he, he did. And showing everyone how great of a leader he is by taking the blame. Well... Well, that's going to be up to the Sausage in October, whether or not they're going to buy that. But anyway, at the end, he's, you get the oh, by the way, Bruno Lige has put his position up in the air for vacancy, meaning that he basically asked for his release or he, he presented a verbal resignation. Bruno has had resigned, is essentially what. Luís Felipe Vieira is telling us there. And then at this point in time, there was no news as to whether or not that resignation was going to be accepted. Uh, a lot of the news shows around the Portuguese media discuss this. That this didn't necessarily mean that the president accepted the resignation. Remember, the contract works two ways. And so by the time Luís Felipe Vieira and Bruno Lage got on the team coach... To head back to the, the airport in Fuchal, uh, Abala had already reported that they had the certainty that their sources have had verified that Luis Felipe Vieta had in fact accepted that resignation from Coach Brunelage and that Brunelage no longer was the manager of Sport Lisboa Benfica. Alright, so that was... I can't say that was unexpected. Anyone that watched the match could see... In the body language of the players and of Lige, that this thing just it was over that there was he never should have managed this match they never should have made him go to Madeira for this last match but but luis Felipe Vieda often quote-unquote sees a light and he keeps he keeps giving one last go at things and um well last year he got bailed out even though he kept rui vittoria a match too many In my opinion, this time he got burned for the same reason. I know some of you have told me on Twitter uh, he should have been gone months ago. And I don't disagree. However, he certainly should not. 100% should not have been on the touchline for this match. So, let's hear some more from around the Portuguese media. Some reaction to the dismissal, it's not it's been reported as a dismissal incorrectly the resignation the stepping down of manager bruno lage
3: estas imagens têm apenas 1 ano mas parecem pertencer a um passado muito distante bruno lage passou de herói a vilão e sabe que está de saída do benfica mas na luz já se procura um sucessor jorge jesus continua a ser o nome mais desejado o treinador tem uma cláusula que lhe permite deixar o flamengo Mas terá de ser convencido a abandonar um projeto vencedor, onde é reconhecido e oferece um salário milionário. O Enfica teria de investir 4 milhões de euros para indemnizar o Flamengo e mais 8 milhões brutos para o treinador manter o salário que oferece no Brasil. O mesmo se passa com o Marco Silva, que é a alternativa mais forte. O treinador de 42 anos está livre, depois da saída do Everton. Leonardo Jardim e Paulo Sousa são hipóteses muito mais remotas. Renato Paiva, da equipa B, poderá ser uma solução temporária até final da época. O certo é que Bruno Lage tem contrato até 2024. O treinador recebe 1,5 milhão e meio de euros por época, pelo que a indenização de 6 milhões de euros a pagar pelo Benfica poderá ser a mais elevada de sempre do futebol português.
1: That was a from RTP. Um, I'll summarize the report for you. It started off with, it was a TV report, so the, the, the screen was showing images of last year's championship celebration, and the reporter says last year's images seem like a lifetime ago as we see players hoisting Lige on their shoulders. The reporter goes on to say Lige has gone from hero to villain in one year, and the search for a replacement is on with flamingos, Georges Zouge as everyone's first pick. says, J.J. has a low buyout clause from his contract with Domingo, but he'll, uh, he'll have to be convinced to leave a strong project, and it will be an expensive job to convince him, um, as right now he sits on a salary of about €4 million Euros per year plus It would take a large investment from the club in squad upgrades, player upgrades, to convince J.J. that the project is worthy of him leaving such a good situation in Rio de Janeiro at the moment. And I'll have more about J.J. and more about that um, in an upcoming episode of Jota Jota Curiaca. So I'm going to save J.J. Talk for that. the reporter then goes on to say another rumored possibility is Marco Silva. Um, Marco Silva was sacked in December by Everton and is a more likely alternative to JJ at this time. The forty-two-year-old is as the forty-two-year-old is currently unemployed and does not have to be bought out of a contract. Then goes on to say Leonardo Jardim and Paulo Souza. Are, long, are also in the mixed as long shots, both unlikely to sign, however. Although today it has broken, uh, Abola reported it a little while ago, that Paulo Souza has begun the process of stepping down as manager of Bordeaux. So in the coming days, Paulo Souza will be a free agent and... A lot of Benficistas don't like this. A lot of Benficistas are nervous about that. A lot of Benfiquistas have voiced their displeasure at the idea of Paulo Sousa being brought in to manage this team. I think we're jumping to conclusions. Um, however, Luis Felipe Vieira doesn't always have his finger on the pulse of Benfica Nation. So who knows, (laughs) Uh, who knows, but it looks like he is about to become a much more likely candidate if he is in fact a free man in a couple of days. And what are those contract details, you might ask? Well, according to, again, Abala, this was back on the 1st of July yesterday, and I had tweeted this out in a conversation I was having with both Mario and Cynthia, Mario from Benfica after ninety, his wife Cynthia from Azagjes. We we're having a Twitter conversation where I presented these, and it, it. I want to talk about this for a minute because Bruno Lage makes out like a bandit here, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that in a uh, disrespectful way. Bruno Lage, here's what Bruno Lage is getting, because of course Luis Felipe Vieira signed him to a huge contract, and then still upped it last December. Um, locking Lige in until June of 2024. So, Bruno Lige now is uh, is owed $2 million a year until 2024. Okay, do the math. That's for a total of €8 million. Benfica will be paying Bruno Lige's salary until Bruno Lige is working again is coaching again managing again okay this contract was negotiated by super agent george mens also and it pays to have george mens in your corner and you, it starts to show how this football business works a little bit more and i don't know that everyone really understands sometimes when we think about transfers that make no sense you have to put in the fact of who the agent is that brokers these deals. So Bruno Lige represented by Gestifoot is the name of the agency which is owned by super agent George Mendes. So Bruno Lige will get $2 million a year until the end of the 2024 season till June 2024 from Benfica unless he gets another coaching job, another management job. Now if Bruno Lage gets another job, okay, say he starts the next season somewhere, if his salary is lower than 2 million euros per season, Benfica will pay the difference to guarantee Bruno Lige a 2 million euro per season salary. This is a phenomenal parting deal. This is a phenomenal severance deal. And I can't I mean, I wish I could get a severance deal like this. None of us see this. This is fantastic work from the super agent, obviously. And Luis Felipe Vieta had no choice because he had to make the change, and he did some bad business to put himself in this situation. So Bruno Lage will be all right. I There are no details as to which of his assistants have been let go. Um, obviously, Nelson Verissimo has stayed on. I had misspoke in the past and said that Verissimo was with Lige um, in England with Carlos Kurtvayal. Nelson Verissimo has been at Benfica as a youth B and under 23 coach since 2012. So I misspoke on that. And that is why Varissimo is still uh, at Benfica and he'll take control. It has been confirmed he will be the manager, um, the interim manager, okay, or the placekeeper on Saturday against Boavista, alright, that is the difference in Bruno Elijah's, that is the the update on Bruno Elijah's contract uh, situation, one other thing I want to say about Luis Felipe Vieta before I bury the hatchet about this is one thing that really I did not like hearing in that speech, okay, when he said he made sure to say first of all that the manager feels like nobody wants him here, okay. At the top of the show, you heard the post game flash interview from the manager. He said the exact opposite. Once again, I don't know who to believe. I don't believe the players had Bruno Lige's back. I don't believe they were in his corner. However, it's, that does not necessarily mean that Bruno Lige didn't believe that the players had his back. So I don't know what to believe in that regard. But in other news, now there is other news this week we're going to r- uh, rattle off really quickly here as this segment is running just a bit long. We've got some news and it starts with the something I should have reported about two weeks ago, but it is official. UEFA has announced that the UEFA Champions League quarterfinals, semifinals, and final will be played in Lisbon, Stadio de Deluge, of course the ho- once again the host of the UEFA Champions League final remember the last time was in 20 I want to say 2013 or it was 2014 where a Real Madrid led by Cristiano Ronaldo had an extra time victory over rival Atletico Madrid uh, we'll see who's gonna be the teams as it's an elite 8 format coming to Lisboa. the FPF the for the Portuguese Federation, a Portuguese FA if you will, announced yesterday that the Portuguese Cup final will be played it'll be played in in the beginning of August, I believe August 2nd and it will be played in Coimbra and not in Aveiro or Faru like they had previously announced. It'll also not be played at the Cidade Futebol where where Blanesh, Sade, and Santa Clara are playing their home matches. The the de Football, of course, is the adjacent training complex, state-of-the-art training complex, adjacent to the National Stadium of at Jamor. Um, the National Stadium, of course, not fit for uh, competition at this time due to, to structural um, and design issues that do not allow for the measures that are in place um, regarding social distancing and things of that sort in this post-COVID era. The FPF also announced yesterday that the Super Cup has been suspended. The Super Tassa, Candido de Oliveira, that normally kicks off the new season in August has been suspended indefinitely. Also, FPF uh, announced this week that they have done a U-turn and they said that they will no longer... They say they no longer intend or will no longer implement a salary cap in women's football. This is good news for women's football, especially for Mefica women's football, because honestly, how can a professional team with a salary cap of €550,000 be competitive outside of Portugal? It's impossible. Okay, so for the teams with ambition, Benfica, Sporting, and Sporting Braga, the teams that want to go into Europe, one that want to be champion to go into the Champions League, that payroll is not going to cut it. Um, Also, the federation took a lot of heat for um, from supporters and from athletes alike, calling it gender discrimination to set such a low. Such a low salary cap on women's football. The club announces, speaking of women's football, some more departures. Unfortunately, it's the departure of defender Yasmin, um, also defender Portugal international Riquel Infante, midfielder Patti, diva Mera Ines Kiroga, and Swedish international Julia Spetsmark, who just joined uh, in January. Um, have all departed, as have Americans Mimi Assam and Alana O'Neill. I don't think they even suited up for Benfica. They arrived also in the winter transfer season. Um, and also backup goalkeeper Dida has moved on. However, in good news... Regarding Benfica and women's football, Benfica have signed announced that they have signed Portugal international Carol Costa away from Sporting and they have also announced that Jassi Vasconcelos has also signed to rejoin the club. Men's football has announced, excuse me, men's futsal has announced that they have come to agreements and signed contract renewals for star players Robinho and Fitz Volleyball Head coach Marcel Mats has also signed a contract extension. And let's quickly go down the list for the results of round 29 in Liga Nage. Or is it round 28? Excuse me. It is going to be... It was round 28. I apologize for misspeaking there. It began... On Sunday, June the 28th, it was Boavista 1, Santa Clara nil. On Monday, June 29th, Sportivo de Zavj is relegated in a 0-1 uh, or 1-0 home defeat to fellow Minu rival, Mouradens. And Monta Santos is headed back, or his side at least, is headed back to the 2nd Division. Maritimo, as you know, beats Benfica 2-0. Pasos Ferreira Nil Football Club do Porto 1. Opens up a bigger lead for the the blue and white prison stripes from the north. On Tuesday, Family Nil, Portimonense 1, Vitória Guimarães 2, Vitoria Stubal Nil. And in a in the match of the week, Riwav mount a comeback down 3 2 at halftime. Riwav beats Sporting Braga four to three on Wednesday Belenish sad 1 Tondela 1 at the Cidade Football, and at Alvalade on Wednesday closing out the round Sporting 2 Gil Vicente 1 Ruben Amorim wins again All right that's going to do it for the news the very long news segment this week on the other end we're going to get into the disaster that was Maritimo 2 Benfica 0 in Funchal
0: Sabes que estamos contigo, nós somos um eterno abrigo.
4: Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós, a fé que não se explica. Carrega bem, fica, carrega bem, fica. Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós, a fé que não se explica. Carrega bem, fica, voz, explica, carrega, bem fica carrega bem, fica. Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós. Fica, carrega-me, fica Ouve a nossa voz de querer de todos nós Que querer de todos nós ah. Manto sagrado é peso pesado
0: Não o carrega sozinho Em cada esquina um vizinho Sente o carinho do Algarve até ao Minho O vermelho pinta a Tuga e é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força, sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora, nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo
4: nossa altos, o querer de todos nós, a fé que não carrega Benfica, carrega Benfica, ouva a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós, a fé que não
1: welcome back to episode sixty-four of Mr. Benfica. You can follow me on Twitter, of course, at Benfica Mister. On Instagram, at Mr. Benfica. On Facebook, at www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. And don't forget to check out Mr. That's www.mrbenfica.com. I got some new content up there. I got an article and a video up there. All right, so check that out once you're done listening to the pod. All right. So we are at the Stadio dos Barreiros in Funchal. Beautiful Funchal on the island of Madeira. Let's go right to the lineups. Starting with the home side, Meritimu. In goal, the Iranian international Amir Abedezke. He He is supported in front of him by a back four, featuring right back in Nanu. Junior and Dejan Kirkez are the central defenders with Fabio Schina on the left. The holding mid is René. In front of him, four midfielders. Edgar Costa on the right. Pedro Palagio and Josip Vukcevic in the center. And Argentinian winger Jorge Correa down the left. Rodrigo Pinho is the lone striker. Benfica with a makeshift lineup. Uh, remember, injuries and suspensions came into play. And Bruno Lage... Um, I think he was sensing this was it for him, and I think he threw a wild uh, attempt here to put some kind of lineup together in hopes of a miracle. Um, I think Bruno Leijon shows some too much loyalty to some players. Um, th- that seems to be a trait of his, and th- and I think that, if I'm being fair, I think that was ultimately his downfall. Um, in this tenure as manager of Benfica, Odiseas is in goal. Andre Almeida, the right back. Nuno Tavares, the left back. The center back pairing, not what many of us would expect or, or or would have called for. Definitely not what I would have called for. Bruno Elijah obviously did not listen to last week's episode of Mr. Benfica as Jardel partnered with the ever out of form and just underperforming Ferru. All right. For whatever reason, Brutalage shows loyalty to these players who just continued to dig his grave. Ferro has not been good since early two thousand nine, since the end of last season, really. He did not come into this season at all. Uh good like he did like he finished last season. And he has just deteriorated more and more each match. Four in midfield for Benfica Pisi on the right. Franco Cervi down the left and the center Mid-pairing, for the first time ever, most likely, and maybe the only time ever. Uli and Weigl, uh partners with Andreas Samaris. Uh, up front, you have Chiquinho making a surprise start in place of Rafa. A decision that made absolutely zero sense. But again, Bruno Lage is trying anything. He's hoping somebody will be the hero and save him at this point. And Chiquinho partners with Carlos Vinicius. Not much to really talk about in this first half. Uh, Befica played well, but once uh, once Carlos Vinicius missed an absolute sitter in front of goal with uh, an opportunity to put Befica ahead and to keep alive the hope of a possible run at the title, at least to push this another week, he failed. He hit Amir right, uh, right dead square in the chest with his shot. And Maritimo reorganized, and slowly but surely, Benfica's play can started to tail off. And they would really lose all momentum. And to be perfectly honest, they appeared to lose all interest in playing this match as it went on. Uh, we had a yellow card for Almeida in the 31st minute. And a yellow card for Fabio Sheena of Maritimo in the 44th minute. As the two teams will go to the halftime team room. Nothing to talk about. Um, Really a nothing match. It looks like a training match. Uh, Stadium's empty, obviously. And Benfica, really. And this is something that really is starting to bother me. And will bother me about this team. Because I don't think we're going to have fans when, when next season starts either. They don't seem interested in playing in front of nobody. Almost like they're too good to play empty stadium matches. The effort from this team was absolutely poor and unacceptable in this match. Absolutely poor, unacceptable effort or lack thereof. Okay? Weigel was decent. Okay? Samadij was not great. He was not bad nor good. He was somewhere in between. But by default, he's probably the second best player on the raw uh, on the lineup in this first half. And he was not very good. And it, it's not a good combination of of Samadij and and, and Vigel together in a four four two. It makes little sense, especially when they have so few reps together. But this is what Bruno Lage went with, and we go into halftime nil nil and all still to play for in the second half and if you're watching and you're a Benfica like me you're just waiting come on come on guys let's turn it. let's wake up now let's let's just push a little you had the impression that if they just cared a little and just pushed a little and just worked a little harder they would have gotten a goal this roster is not well built but there is plenty of talent on it to take care of a at the time 14th place Maritimu. There's plenty of talent to take care of us. 17th place Portimonense, 15th place Tondela. This is who we've dropped massive amount of points to in the last five weeks. Completely unacceptable. Unex- it doesn't matter who the coach is. Who the manager is. Against, these, against this opposition. You had to win those three matches. At least two out of those three matches. If they don't want two out of those three matches... And still won the Riwav match, we'd be we'd be looking much different right now, considering our rivals did everything they could to help us get out in front of them. Anyway, we go into halftime and we'll be right back with the second half here on Mr Benfica. on to the second half and this time Brunelage avoids the temptation to make a double substitution at halftime this is the first time in a couple matches he hadn't done that. He apparently really likes the lineup that he put out in this match or he just didn't see the options off the bench um, and to be perfectly honest I think he could have he put the perfect lineup on the pitch for this match and once Vinicius missed that sitter there was nothing else that was going to happen in this match. This was They just did not want this one. They'd had enough, it looks like. They don't like to play in these empty stadiums, like I said. They don't like to work hard when they don't have fans pushing them ahead. Um, I, if you haven't read the article I put up on MrBainfica.com, I really call into question their character and their lack of professionalism that has been readily on display for everyone to see. In the matches that have been played since the league restarted after the the hiatus due to the COVID-19 outbreak. So, we get a substitution finally in the 57th seventh minute. Not much going on. And it's a double substitution, of course, because of the rules. And why would you ever not make five substitutions just because you get five substitutions, right? This was a topic on... On uh, the Portuguese language podcast Fever Pitch this week, um, João Gonçalves, who also you've seen on BTV, very very solid football commentator, very knowledgeable, and a big Benfica fan, was talking about, I believe, the English Premier League in this particular episode. But him and his guest mentioned how it just it's funny FIFA adds these two extra substitutions, and every manager all of a sudden. Uh, has it set in their head that they have to make all five substitutions. And when you think about it for a minute, when you remove the goalkeeper from the equation, there are 10 field players. You're going to make five substitutions. You are changing half of the team on the pitch. You have completely changed the dynamic and completely changed the makeup of the team that has taken the pitch. And maybe this is where Benfica have really failed because Lige has overdone the substitutions. Since the break, he was heavily criticized before the stoppage, before the hiatus of taking too long to make substitutions, of not making enough. I understood most of the times why he was holding off. A lot of times when you're winning you only make certain changes when things are going your way you only make so cer- even if you're not playing well there are certain structural changes you don't want to make to the team but ever since he's been we've been back since this restart it's been too many substitutions and what happens is the players that get on the pitch no longer really mesh to make a team so 57th minute, that said you guessed it, Seferovic for Vinicius whichever one starts plays for the first hour and the other one comes in not hard to scout for this also, Rafa replaces Samadish, and while Samadish was not great or even good, he was just fair as soon as this substitution was made, Benfica lost the midfield Weigl found himself on an island all by himself, and Maritimu getting all kinds of space starting to open up at this point in the match at the one-hour mark. In the 60th minute still, uh, a yellow card to Maritimu's Dejan Uh He's shown the yellow for a bad foul on Seferovic, just as Seferovic steps on the pitch. Three minutes later, it's Rodrigo Pinho of Maritimu going into the book for a foul on Pizzi. Another lackluster performance from the assist king. Mariti will get in in the substitution game on <laughs> at 68 minutes, and it is Jetherson coming on replacing Edgar Costa. And then the fatal substitution. I just, <laughs> I just uh, criticized Fifi. Excuse me, crit- criticized Peasy. But this substitution ended up being uh, the death blow to Benfica, really, when you see where the the disaster starts from. So, Andrea Zivkovic replaces PZ, a substitution that on paper even makes sense. Zivkovic was not bad against Santa Clara. Apparently, his teammates don't like that he's included in the team. Apparently, he's miserable being in the team because he didn't even thank his coach for the playing time. He's, he's played under three managers and has been on the wrong side of all three of them. Who in the hell does he think he is to be so entitled that he doesn't even shake his manager's hand coming off the pitch? And, of course, he goes right back onto the pitch this week. Zivko- Zivkovic re- replacing Peasy. And you, one might wonder that if he had never been hit <laughs> by, by glass from the bus attack, I don't know if he ever finds his way back onto the pitch. However, you would have thought his teammates would rally around him, but you know what we're realizing is we don't really have a team. We have a group of players. And we have factions of players. It looks very obvious that this locker room is filled with clicks. And Zivkovic finds himself... On the outside of all of them, apparently. Uh, He replaces Pizzi. And it's a double substitution again. Diego Souza gets another chance. He replaces Chervi. And Lige just cannot help himself. When you need a goal, just add more strikers, right? Now, you heard what I said about when Samadish came off. We lost the midfield. Imagine... PZ and Chervi coming off. What do you think happened? Yeah, we opened an autostrada, a highway down both flanks, and it only took one more minute after Chervi and PZ come off for this to happen. Seferovich,
5: abriendo con Tavares. Dejó pasarse Ferovich, corta pelayo. Jeterzona. Nanú, avanza Nanú, Nanú y empieza a correr Nanú. El autopase Nanú, sigue Nanú, mire qué carrera Nanú, sigue Nanú, sigue Nanú al medio Nanú.
1: that's what it sounded like on gold tv in español here on, in the united states and you don't need to understand spanish to understand uh, that one you heard you heard the name Seferovich nuno tavares and then you heard maritimo and then you heard nanu and you heard nanu again Nanu takes the. Befica loses the ball in the attacking third. It starts with losing the ball in the attacking third. It gets cleared, finds its way to Jetherson. And because Nuno Tavares is all the way up the pitch, you know, playing almost as a, another forward, as a, as a wide a winger, okay? There's a huge channel down the left because Chervi is now on the bench. Zivkovic is there, and he's been on the pitch for one minute, and he can't even run. 10 meters with Nanu gives up on the play Nanu then then passes to himself around Ferru and you know i believe it was on the broadcast on Goal TV there uh, where the, uh, the the commentator points out that when you're tall and lanky like Ferru in wide open space like that the absolute worst thing an attacker can do is kick the ball by you and then outrun you to it you're, you're big you're lanky and it takes a long time to turn around he was not ready for it he was he was stepping far too hard rather than, than dropping into space to contain it to cut off that lane and Ferro is burned again. Nanu, at full p- at full pace, comes into the area, slides a perfect pass across the face of Odie's goal, out of the reach for all of the trailing Benfica players who are trying to catch up to the play, and right onto the boot of Jorge Correa. And the Argentine makes it 1 0 for Maritimo. And the camera catches a shot of Brunelage. And you could just see it in his face. He knew it was over. He knew this team was not going to fight for his job. Now, he said all the right things in the, in, in the Flash interview. He said that the team is with him. He said that the president is with them. He's ever the good soldier right to the death. Didn't say a bad thing about anybody. Unfortunately, Bruno, your team betrayed you. Your team lets you down, in my opinion, but it is an educated opinion. I've been on the end of this on both sides. I've played f- for coaches I despised and seen teammates do this. I've been on a bench and seen a colleague, you know, a superior, if you will, get sabotaged just like this with this kind of performance week after week. And Mefica are quickly down one nil, and just for good measure, and just in case Mefica, you know, had any thoughts of changing their mind and coming back and trying to steal these points, and at this point, I wasn't expecting it. And to be honest, I didn't even have that feeling in my stomach for this match anymore. Something told me that it was over. But just seal it. Just seal it off. Ok, five minutes later, we get this.
5: Servicio al área. Sigue la pelota en el área, saca con todo Pelagio. Revienta arriba. Ahí lucha. Tagueu. Tagueu es bastante fuerte. Y ganó Tagueu para Nanú. Y otra vez agárrese todo el mundo porque empezó a correr Nanú. Nanú, Nanu y arranca carrera Nanú. Nanú, qué motor. Tiene Nanú, qué motor.
1: Deja vu. If you didn't know any better. You thought you just watched. If you were watching this. You thought you'd seen the first goal all over again. Uh, so similar. As Nanu again roasts the entire team. Toasts them. Plays it across. This time it's Rodrigo Pinho in for the tap end. Of Rodrigo Pino, who was being chased. If you want to call it that. By a nearly... Walking, Andre Almeida. I'm starting to question, Aldera, I'm starting to question Andre Almeida's character and value to this team. His comments a couple weeks ago, his piss poor performance this week. Starting to wonder if you, about Andre Almeida. Is this the kind of guy we want to keep on this club going forward, or is it time to cut cut bait with a lot of these guys? This is something the club needs to decide. And this is going to be a big order for whoever the permanent new coach is. He's going to have to sort this out. There are players that need to go. There are influences in this team that need to go. The new manager along with... If Rui Costa still is anything other than a symbolic part of the staff, he used to be the director of sport. Tiago Pint is the director of football. What exactly these men do for a living, nobody knows, other than be seen on camera. I don't think either of them hold any actual power. I think the president calls all the shots in this club because they make no sense. He's not. It doesn't look like a club who's letting their sporting people make sporting decisions. But they're going to be needed because this club needs to figure out where they're going. And just as importantly as hiring a new manager, appointing a new manager, is figuring out what needs to be weeded out of this team, what needs to be weeded out of this locker room. 2-0 to Maritimus there, and that's in the 78th minute. We get another substitution, and Bruno Laj does it to the kid again. On you go, Jota. In the 81st minute, Jota replaces Chiquinho, a... Very poor performance from Shikinu. Uh, but below his standards, okay? At least if players are playing to their normal standards. I don't think that's asking much. There's a lot of players in this cl- on this team that wear this jersey that many of us, myself included, don't believe are at the level of our club. I had high hopes for Shikinu. I had high hopes for him. You know... The manager had high hopes for him. Remember what he said early in the season? Remember when he came off the bench and made a difference? Shakinyu had a chance to make a difference in this match. He had a chance to be the one to re- to start a rally. He was given an opportunity, a golden opportunity. Nothing comes of it. Jota gets his usual eight minutes on the pitch. How is the kid ever going to develop with such few minutes? For his sake, I hope he's loaned out to a club that will play him. For his own future? Or are we just going to waste him because he's not Juan Felix? Anyway. Another substitution by Maritimo in the 84th. Die- Diego Moreno replaces Rodrigo Pino. Bifika make no effort at trying to come back. They just see out the the match, and you get the final whistle at 90 plus 6. And that takes us back to where the episode basically began with Bruno Lige's post-game flash interview. And all that followed, as they say, the rest is history. Let's quickly go through the goal point, okay? I almost don't want to because the goal point is going to tell a story that is not true. It's going to tell fiction. And sometimes analytics, for as useful as they can be, can tell fiction. The ratings starting with Maritimu. The goalkeeper, Amir, 8.3. He was the man of the match. How many times this season do we play against a goalkeeper who seems to have a career match against us? I got a spoiler alert for you. The goalkeepers aren't necessarily having career matches against us. We are incredibly talented at hitting goalkeepers from point-blank range. We are we are incredibly talented at making opposing goalkeepers look phenomenal. We did it again. Eight point three for the Iranian international Nanu, the right back or right wing back, if you will. 7.4, Kirkez 5.0, Junior 6.2, René 5.7 and Fabius 4.7 Vukcevic 5.6 Pelagio 5.6 as well Correa with a goal and only a 5.2 rating and Rodrigo Pinho with a goal and a low 4.7 rating Edgar Costa 4.6 Jetterson comes off the bench for a 4 point 9, Benfica, Odi, 4.7, Almeida, 5.8, Jardel, 6.3, Ferru, 6.0, despite being very much responsible for both goals. Again, analytics are good most of the time. Sometimes they tell fiction. Nuno Tavares, 5.0. Chervi, 6.3. Good thing we took him out at the hour mark. Samadish five point three. Good thing we took him out. <laughs> Julian Weigel was Benfica's top rated player, In um listening and watching all of the other shows, you know, uh shout out of course to Benfica Podcast, Benfica FM, Visão Vermelha, uh all of the all of the the Benfica st- podcasts, the po- the the blogs, all of the match ratings agree that Weigel was the Best player for Benfica in this very poor match. But Weigel has been incredibly uh, consistent and professional during this collapse. There's one guy who appears to deserve to wear our crest. He's got to be bummed that he came here, though. (laughs) You got to think the way that this team has collapsed since he arrived. And the nerve that some fans have to blame him. And who knows, probably elements in that locker room as well. He's probably wondering what Vitzel and Rafael Guerrero were talking about. <sighs> PZ 5.9. Chikinu 6.0. Not sure how he earned that. Carlos Renis, 5.3. Off of the subs bench, Rafa 5.2. Seferovic 4.7. Zivkovic 5.0 despite walking behind Nanu on that first goal. Diego Souza, 5.2. He had the best chance of the game for Benfica. Diego Souza late. I say they didn't do it. They did almost get a goal off of Diego Souza, header late, and Amir made a nice save. Now, if you really want to talk about delusion, and even though these numbers are true, they completely mistell the story. Shots on goal, Maritimo, 6 to Benfica's 20. 20 shots. Seven of those shots on goal. Six of those seven right at the goalkeeper. Maritimu had two shots on goal. Shots from inside the area. Maritimu, three. Benfica, 12. 12 shots inside the area. Six right at the goalie. Pass efficiency. Benfica, 88%. To Maritimu, 76 uh, vertical pass efficiency 77% for Benfica to 57% for Maritimu. And also notable in this match was Ulian Weigel had a 100% pass efficiency rate, including eight long vertical passes. Duels won. Benfica 58 to Maritimu's 47. So that tells you Benfica should have worked harder. No, nah, they really didn't. Maritimu were well organized. Fouls committed, eighteen aside, and I always love when we when Benfica play horrible. They seem to always have a very misleading advantage in this stat. Corners, Maritimu won Benfica, eleven, and of course the most useless uh the most useless statistic statistic in all of football, possession, thirty two percent to the victors, Maritimu, sixty eight percent to Benfica expected goals. Benfica, 1.9 expected goals to with 1.3 expected goals. Alright, let's take a quick break. (laughs) Um, I think enough has been said about this one. Um, Of course, don't forget to check out the social media and go ahead to mrbenfica.com and check out my article on the culture of Benfica and where I pinpoint a lot of the blame of what is going on and also um if you'd like the 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 segment coming up the final segment is already available on you on both on youtube on the channel the mr Benfica channel and it's also up on mr some of you may have seen it already i put that out early for everyone as a little sneak peek um the video is there if you want to see and um we will be right back then with the final segment for this Mister Benfica episode sixty-four. Welcome back to everybody listening on the podcast here to episode 64 of Mr. Benfica. Special hello and welcome to everybody watching the video now on Mr. and on the YouTube channel. Okay, so what happens next? This is the final segment of this episode. What happens next? Brunelage is gone. Now what? Alright, so... In the short term, we know Nelson Verissimo is taking over charge of the squad right now. He's running trainings. It looks like he's going to manage the squad until the end of the season. We'll see what happens. Okay, again, time will tell. But I'm under the impression that this team is all of a sudden going to start trying again. Um, there was video put out by CMTV. Okay, um, it was back after the Santa Clara match. Okay, after if he had lost at home. And they point out that only Andrea Almeida of all of the Benfica players went to, to shake hands with the coach. And high five the manager, Bruno Lage at the time. Okay. A lot of the players did go over and shake hands and get a pat on the back from, from Nelson Verissimo. Okay. So that tells me, at least on the surface, that the players are going to be with Verissimo at least in the beginning five matches to play, all right? We have to get second place. That's now become the the objective of the rest of the season because we need to be in the Champions League pre-rounds. We cannot fall all the way to the Europa League at this point. Um, if we want to bring in a manager, a quality manager, we have to be at least in a position to have a chance to qualify for the Champions League group phase next season, okay? Now, this is where um, I am maybe a little bit more of a pessimist, but I don't consider myself a pessimist at all. I p- consider myself much more a realist than a pessimist, okay? Someone asked me why I don't want <laughs> Mauricio Pochettino, and are you out of your mind? Of course, I would love to have Mauricio Pochettino manage this squad. We'd be unstoppable, I think. I think Mauricio Pochettino has a phenomenal, phenomenal pedigree. Um, he's got a style of play that people like, and he's got experience working with... with working in youth players and academy players and getting them into the first team and working with smaller budgets and he he he's shown he can manage players at different levels. I think Mauricio Pochettino would be a best case scenario in a dream world. In the real world it's not going to happen. I don't see and I believe he's already said no thanks. Unai Emery, I don't believe he's coming to Benfica, okay? I know when people say who they want, a lot of them are shooting for stars we're not going to catch. In my opinion, Maybe I'm just pessimist. I think I'm realist, but in my opinion, that's just what I think. Best case scenario for me, I've thought about this now for some time. Best case scenario um, of what's available, and what I'm hearing now is that even this is highly unlikely, but it's Leonardo Giardin. That's the best case scenario. Why? Leonardo Giardin is a project manager. What we need going forward, if we're going to continue in this model, which we can do that, Okay, well, It needs to be tweaked. It can't be followed to a T the way it is right now. But if we're going to continue to try to develop our own talent and bring them through the youth team, through the B team, and into the first team, Leonardo Jardin is the guy to do that. He's got experience. He built a winner at Monaco. Everyone says, oh, anyone can win at Monaco when you have Kylian Mbappe, Bernardo Silva, Fabinho, etc. Radamel Falcon, But the truth is, the truth is, Leonardo Jardin had a big hand in developing those players. okay, He had a big hand in developing those players. benfica has got talent at, if they're nurtured correctly and brought along correctly. Benfica does not have talent if they're going to be dumped into the Champions League group stage with no experience in the first division. Tomáš Tavares, for example, no experience in the second division. He'd only played in the U23s. And we dropped him into the... He he made six appearances in the Champions League before he made a league appearance. Are you kidding me? So, Leonardo Jardin, I think, is a good manager if this is going to be the direction we continue to take. Now, I still think that's shooting from three-point range if we think we're going to get Leonardo Jardin. Okay, Leonardo Jardin is in demand. Leonardo Jardin is the one manager... That was able to stop the reign of PSG in the French Ligue. Oh, okay, he won the Championnat with Monaco. Okay, it took him three and a half years to build that team, but he did it. That's why I think he's a project manager. However, there's bigger projects out there in Europe, and there are, and I believe there are bigger clubs that are going to come for Leonardo. Uh, unfortunately, we Benfiquistas see our 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 club up here we see ourselves at the top okay myself included but managers that have no connection to Benfica at this point in time with what this club has shown in the recent history okay if you're coming to Benfica okay the first if I'm a manager and I have interest in this job the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna watch matches from this past season okay and see what happened I'm gonna see what happened to the previous manager too I'm going to see we have a group of quitters. That's going to turn off a lot of serious managers to this job. So I've already said Pochettino's a dream. Not going to happen. Emory, I think that's out of our reach. Okay, I couldn't be wrong, but I think he even he's out of our reach. JJ, not happening yet. Okay, at least not yet. Um, perhaps, perhaps if Copa Libertadores gets canceled... Um, Perhaps then, but it's going to be a costly, costly investment, okay? Um, George Azuzzi is going to cost us quite a bit of money. He's got about double the salary of Bruno Leich. And the president is going to have to cede even more than money. He's going to have to cede money, but even more so, he's going to have to cede power. Is Luis Felipe (laughs) Vieira ready to cede power? Luis Felipe Vieda seems like he is is fighting uh, tooth and limb. He's hanging by a thread in his life as as president of this club. This seems like maybe in a desperate last-ditch effort, once we get to September or October, Luis Felipe Vieta may go out there and try to bring home Georges Azouge. That's still the guy he wants, it appears at least. But Georges Azouge Georges is going to come with certain demands and certain expectations that the president will have to fill if he wants the manager to even consider the job. So let's rule him out right now. Because that's, I don't think, in the in the immediate future. Marco Silva. I felt, and still feel to an extent, is a good fit. Okay. Honestly, I think we'd be more than lucky if we got Marco Silva. Um, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he turned the job down. Marco Silva still in demand in Europe. Higher paying clubs. With more ambitious projects. Okay. Um, yes, he has... Wherever he's gone, he's had friction with with the board or with the ownership. Uh, he had problems at Sporting, but who didn't have problems with Brunt Carvalho with BDC? Okay, the laughable reason for his dismissal: not wearing the <laughs> not wearing a sport coat for a match. Um, we all know why Marco Silva was dismissed from Sporting. It was to make room for somebody else, and they had to find some justifiable reason to sack him and not have to pay him his money. Okay, he ran into trouble with Olympiacos. He ran into trouble at Hull City, at Watford, and at Everton. And the Everton uh, chairman, I believe, said that things were great with Marco Silva until he started to hear rumors of interest from other clubs. Watford had said the same. Everything was great with Marco Silva until he heard there was interest from Everton, and that was the job he wanted. So from there on, it went downhill. He still got the Everton job. I think if he comes to Benfica, I know a lot of you aren't excited about that a lot of people don't really want to see him I think he'll do as well as anybody else I really don't think we're going to be in a position to be very picky I'm sorry this is very pessimistic sounding but I'm being a realist I don't think we're going to be in position to be very picky I think I understand now why Spartan spent 10 million to get Ruben Amboni when they did I think Spartan had the foresight to realize that Bruno Lage's numbers, excuse me, Bruno Lage's days were numbered at Benfica, and they wanted to get Ruben Amorim before Benfica got any ideas. I could be wrong, but it, 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 if that was the plan, it worked. Okay, um, so who do I want to see? Okay, we've ruled out just about every manager that's been mentioned. Um, uh, Laurent Blanc was also mentioned; he's not interested uh, as. There was another one. The name escaped. Oh, uh, Massimo Allegri. Not interested. Why would he be? Um, Really? This is going to be tough. I wouldn't be surprised if I was a betting man. If I were a betting man. My money would be on either Verissimo or Renato Paiva. Not because that's who I'm choosing. But I honestly think that's going to be who's available. I think... Luis Felipe Vieira might have to make a choice between those two. Perhaps someone else will come out and be available in the very near future once this season winds down. But if you don't want a young manager, okay, that's just starting out, which a lot of fans don't. That rules out both of these guys. But I don't know what you're going to go get, Evo Vieta. You're going to get a, a more experienced Portuguese manager, but at what level is he going to take you? Okay, He's untested in top teams. Okay, he's no different than Rui Vitoria was. No different. He's got almost the same trajectory as Rui Vitoria. Okay, you're going to go get Rui Vitoria back? I doubt it. Um, I don't know. I think Benfica's in a very precarious situation. Uh, I don't think the options are as as open as people think. I don't see a lot of these managers choosing Befica. A lot of people are put off at the idea of Paulo Sousa. If Paulo Sousa wants to come to Benfica. I don't. I can't think of too many better than him that are willing to come. And it's not about money. Okay, a, taking a job in Portugal at this day at this time is a step down for any of the guys that we want. We have to be realists. We have to realize that it is a step down for just about anybody. If you want a guy that's stepping up, well, he's going to be untested, unproven, and quite frankly, until the man at the top changes until the the attitude and the culture changes we're gonna be having the same discussion in 12 to 18 months i'm gonna be right up front and honest with you i think we're gonna have this discussion again whoever we hire i think we're gonna play great for a while the players will be will be into it the players will work hard for them. maybe Luis fiet will even invest in bringing in some players that'll extend it but at some point if the culture does not change If the president does not change, or at least if this president stays and does not change his ways, we're going to have this discussion again in 12, 18, 24 months, somewhere down the road. We may put it off for a little while, but we're going to be having this discussion once again. So I didn't really (laughs) answer the question as to what's next because I have no idea. Uh, This is so open and so, uh, so unpredictable right now. Um, it was a bad time to lose a manager. Maybe should have made this decision sooner. Brunelage we hear he 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 told the president that he put his his um, his seat up for grabs that he his position was on the table and that he didn't feel he had the conditions. Yet then the next day Baller reports that Brunelage wanted to continue and he believed he had the conditions. I don't know who to believe. I mean, there's a lot of lies that get spread in the media. So sitting from where I sit in my seat here, in my little home studio in the United States of America, very hard to try to get a grasp of what's really going on. Um, there's definitely managers out there. I'm going to rule out Luis Castro right now because I just don't see that happening. He won't even mention our club's name when he played against us in the Europa League. It was U adversario the adversary he won't even say Benfica okay I'm not questioning his his professionalism but he's still got tripedo blood running through his veins I think um, I think we need to go out <laughs> we're gonna have to be bold and as I think of who's out there maybe my buddy Miguel Castro I don't think he's working. He's going to come in here, though, and he's not a yes man, okay? I've met the man. I've had a great conversations with Miguel Castro, okay? He was sacked from, uh, from AEK, sacked from Celta Vigo, and sacked from Nantes, okay? Because he is not a yes man. If, if Luis Lufieta is looking for a yes man, who knows? It could be anybody, If he's looking for a yes man, it'll likely, if he really, really is committed to a yes man, like he has been, then my money's on either Verissimo, depending how he does, or Chanat Paiva, the B-team manager. I hope I'm wrong. Luis Felipe Vieira needs to forget about the idea of a yes man, and he needs to bring in the right man. He's going to have to search. Okay, It's probably someone off our radar. The right manager is probably somebody that's off our radar. A lot of people want a foreign manager. I'm fine with that. But I don't want a foreign manager just for the sake of him being a foreign manager. Okay? Not just for the sake of him being a foreign manager. Let me know what you guys think, okay? Tweet at me at Benfica Mr. on Twitter or send me an inbox on Instagram at Mr. Benfica Um, you can leave a reply at Mr. or you can email me at the Mr. Benfica at gmail.com all right that's gonna do it for this week I hope everybody has a good rest of the week try to enjoy the match on Saturday happy 4th of July to all the listeners in the United States All right, uh, happy belated Canada Day to all the listeners in Canada. And let's stick together. Forza Benfica. Carrega Benfica. If not this year, then next. Damu 38. This has been Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agostinho signing off. Have a great week.